0: Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm talking about Calling on Dragons by Patricia C. Reed. So let's call on the magic of books. So let's talk a little bit in a non-spoilery way about this book series. Uh, This is the third book in the Enchanted Forest Chronicles. Uh, So far this is kind of... I mean... I think when I was younger, this was more of a favorite of mine. I think I put this... You know, actually, I still think... I think no matter what, this book is always number three for me, because number one was just so good. And then I think number two was also just that good that it has to stay as number two. And so this one it clearly ranks as number three, being the third book in the series. I do think it deserves the number three spot. Like, it doesn't top number one. It doesn't top call, uh, searching for dragons. So I think it is what it is. It's going to have to be number three. It's still fun. It's still got the same tropes and the same play on words and the same play on, on fairy tales, but she's used kind of a lot of fairy tales and she doesn't like, Patricia C. I mean, doesn't like to repeat the fairy tales. And so I can understand why, you know, we're starting to feel a little bit of that, like, oh, this is not as different or not as, as good as the last one. Now, this one does focus quite a lot more. Uh, this one starts with Morwen's perspective. So obviously the first book was Simorine the second book was mostly Mendenbar and now this book is all from Morwen's point of view it's like I like that I like it we get this consistent change really like Simmarine, and really like Mendenbar we don't get the well we get to see a lot of Simmarine in this book but not a lot of Mendenbar and I just feel like I feel like this one was lacking just a little bit in like something I'm not sure exactly what and let's just get into the the meat of the story here these books are are small they're super fast they're super fun they're still good this is definitely like the third step in a good step it's not I I don't want to let my... I'm kind of naysaying on this. Make you think that this is a bad book. It's still a good book. It just doesn't quite compare to the other two books that we've already had in the series. So the let's just talk about the plot of the story. The plot of the story is that Morwin finds out that wizards are doing more stuff in the enchanted forest. They go find the king. They learn that the sword of the enchanted forest has been stolen because the sword is what keeps the wizards from being able to suck up all the magic they want. You know that Telemane set up with King Mendenbar, the king of the enchanted forest, right? And so the wizards have stolen the sword they've gotten out now they we basically start a fetch quest to go find it and then they'll bring it back by the time they bring it back it's too late the wizards have already kind of encircled the castle with that spell they used in the second book which that's really nice i like that we're seeing things from the first book in the second book you know first things in the first book coming back to the second book things in the second book coming back to the third book that's a good thing again i just feel like this book kind of lacked a little bit of substance or you know more of a plot the it's just you know it's go fetch the sword well first off how did the king not noticed the sword was missing I mean that seems like something you'd want to keep on track of but if you're not too worried about wizards and you know it hasn't been that long since they've been married since they just kicked all the wizards out so maybe a year max like just you know some of these things just surprised me that they were able to get through so you know Moran and Telemain and Kazul and Simorine and uh, Killer and a couple rabbits go on a uh, a journey. They find the sword. They're able to get it. They bring it back. Of course, the they like I said, that shield is in place over the castle. They're not able to get through it. So they just have to wait for simarine's child to grow up and use the sword purposefully against it. And you know, destroy the sword or destroy the shield so that they can get out. So that Prince Bendenbar can get out. Now let's talk about some things that were really funny in this one. Of course, these are funny books. They're great. Okay. So first off you have old MacDonald had a farm and he's like, yeah, my dad used to run the farm, but you can't do things like he did Here, a pig, there a cow, you know, everywhere. Sheep, sheep, like he even says those like words. And that's just funny. Cause he's like, yeah, I'm looking to get into the exotic stuff, you know, flying horses and flying this and specialize this. And of course, uh, This is the comedy relief. And the first time, I think he was a lot funnier to me. This time, he did not. I did not enjoy Killer this time, and you may be asking, "Well, who is Killer?" Killer is a rabbit that continuously eats enchanted things because he's an idiot and he's a dumb rabbit, and you can't blame him because he's a rabbit and he's just hungry. But he's a rabbit with a di- that dyes his hair so that he looks, you know, nice, which is funny in the enchanted forest. But he eats some food that makes him a six-foot-tall rabbit or seven-foot, eleven-inches rabbit, a six-foot-tall, eleven-inches rabbit. And then he eats some cabbage that turns him into a donkey, and then he eats something else that turns him blue, and then he eats some invisible. Visible dusk bloom and choke vines that turn you insubstantial right so he and he grows wings and he's it's just funny because he's always like i'm hungry i'm scared and it's like well yes you are a rabbit like and that makes sense like it's a good thing they had him so that they could find out that the wizards were doing something in the forest because that's kind of what sets us all off it's really funny what happens to him in the end but just throughout he was so whiny and so cry i didn't remember it quite as much that he was such a kind of a whiner about it the whole time but he's there it's so funny and then let's talk a little bit about Arona Michael Lear Grinogian Vamist the man with the column that's basically what it is he's got like a news column and he's like I'm here to tell you that you're not a witch with one black cat and you're not a witch at all and I am all for traditional magic and I'm just a huge jerk because I want things to be exactly how they have always been and and I don't like change and that's that's basically his platform like it has to be a traditional magic or I'm going to get the people against you. And yeah, he's such a, Jerk. It's such a meanie. I use stronger language, but I don't know. I don't want to use any right now. So it's hilarious what they do to him in the end. They end up moving the enchantments to Arona Vamist. I'm not going to say his full name every time. That's crazy. So he gets turned into a. F- oh, and he floats. He also floats six inches off the ground. So he's a floating six foot, uh, six and a half, seven foot tall donkey with wings that's bright blue. And then she, they teleport him back to his hometown. Maybe he can go join Old MacDonald. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I love the way, you know, with every book they Talk about that, doing things the proper way and sticking to tradition. And there's nothing wrong with doing things a certain way. It's that. You know, you stick to it, and it's like, why do princesses eat babies and dragons? Neither of them are useful. It's like, we've never eaten princesses. We've never eaten babies. Like, why would we want to do this? Somebody got the wrong idea. Somebody published it. Somebody put it out there, and it spread and spread and spread until it's widespread and tradition. Uh, We get uh, get the story of Rapunzel, and you know, being actually being Rachel, that people would just get her name wrong, and they'd say, you know, let down your chair, because there was a chair you would run out, and instead of let down your hair. Pretty funny. I really like that uh, at the end, Kaz was like, yeah, we, uh, we were able To stop all the wizards that were trying to run away from the castle. And they're like, great, where are they? Let's go interrogate them. They're like, well, uh, what I mean to say is uh, we ate them all as they were escaping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're just like, oh, oh, you ate all the wizards. What about Zeminar, the, no, the head wizard? Because I was like, yep, I ate him myself. Like, he did not stick around because I ate him. He's just hilarious and funny at that time. Because they're like, we need all this information. And they're like, nope. I love that Telamine comes up with a new way to uh, melt wizards. So you don't have to carry around a bucket of soapy water, which is a really nice thing. It's very effective. I'm glad this little... Progression kind of happened, uh, and the code word for that is uh, Argelfraster. That's just hilarious to me that you go you point at him and say Argelfraster or think it really hard. That's really funny. So I really do think that Patricia C. Reed is an amazing writer. She's able to like definitely write this and weave these fairy tale stories into her own and make them unique. Again, like I said, the story is just basically a long fetch question. So I didn't really enjoy that. I loved getting more Morwin's attitude. I loved seeing the cat's attitude because the cats are talking and only Morwin can understand them. And I love that we only get her cat side of the story or like her cat side of the talking because we can't understand what other cats are saying right But I feel like she really named How Cats Talk, so she did really good on this. This is a great book. It's fun to read. That's kind of it for all I have to talk about. There's a couple things that I'm like, well, why didn't this happen? Why did they leave the sword out? Why did Antoril, who's been a failure his whole life at everything he seems to try and accomplish in regards to the Enchanted Forest or Simmerine, why did he suddenly think, hey, you know what? This time, I'm going to do it perfectly. Like, he's got massive confidence. It's unplaced confidence, but he's got massive confidence. Like, it's just, but like, come on, like. Stop trying to do that. Do something else. I don't know. It's just, you know, why didn't, when King Mendenbar saw that they were coming for the forest, you know, why didn't he teleport away? Maybe he couldn't because they had burned out that section of the Enchanted Forest. I just, I felt like, how do I say this? If you're familiar with gaming terms at all, I almost feel like this story was railroaded. And that's not something I normally feel when I'm reading a story that like, no matter what happened, this is what's going to happen. But I feel like the ending where King Mendenbar is stuck in a castle was almost kind of like a, a scripted event, like, yep, he's going to get stuck in the castle, and uh, this is how we're going to work back to him being stuck in the castle. So almost like she wrote backwards, you know, wrote the end, and then it's like, okay, now how do I make that happen? Well, first they have to get the sword, or like, how come he doesn't have the sword already? Well, it's stolen. Okay, who's, you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about this one. It's still fun, it's still good, but I, I did feel a little, I do feel a little railroad. They go from here to here to here, you know, and then they come back. They get closer, they get the revenge. I guess if I was to try and talk about, like, the try-fail cycle, it's really, there's no there's no winning there's no trying and succeeding except at the end they get the sword and then they come back but that leads to another failure i guess it just didn't feel as satisfying to me as it could have but um, that's all i'm gonna have to say about this so that's all i have to say about this uh the oh here's one more thing i have to say actually calling on dragons the first two books dealing with dragons yes she's making a deal with dragons she's working with the dragons makes sense searching for dragons they're searching for Kazuo. they're searching for the wizards who did this to her calling on dragons i don't we're sticking with the name title you know verb on dragons or or with dragons, verb dragons, but it didn't work because they're not really calling on the dragons. They, you know, Cosmo calls on the dragons at the end to be like, "Hey, let's go fight some wizards and set up our own barrier so the wizards can't get out of theirs." But like, there's not. Does that make sense? There's no like we're not calling on the dragons through the next one and the next one talking with dragons. I believe if I remember, right I have the same kind of issues with that one. They do a little bit of talking with dragons, but not a lot. And I'm going to have my own issues with the fourth one. I think it's my least favorite of them, but we'll see when I get there. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to David for the intro and outro music course if you have any questions or comments please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com if you have a book recommendation you think i'd like let me know I'd love to read it please give me a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and remember to call on the magic of books